Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. Me and a guest this week, definitely a guest. Ranking things in Star Wars, we love to keep it pretty simple and fun and go, go all over the map when it comes to ranking things. Last week, I was by myself ranking my favorite Star Wars memories, which seems weird to rank things, but I wanted to really analyze the building blocks of my Star Wars fandom and put them in some sort of order that made sense to me. And this week, uh, Joseph Scrimshaw back again. Welcome back to the Rankin Arena. I am happy to be here uh, being a guest. Do you want me to take uh, my shoes off or can I keep them on in the Rankin Arena? In, in the long, yeah, you can keep them on. Uh, in, in the long, uh, we, we do Force Center, but we each have our own little shows that we love to invite. Every, but really, it's, you know, you're in the studio and I'm in the studio. I mean, what are we <laughs> It's special to have you here. Yeah, but um, it is your show. You started it, and uh, I think uh, it, you obviously host it, and I, I, I love everything that you've done with it with uh, guests, and I love it when you uh, you rank yourself. <laughs> I rank myself, indeed. It was, I, well, you know, because it was like I need an episode, and I have no problem uh, just talking by myself into, on, into a wall and a microphone, but I, I wanted to, 
I, I you know, it's just like, I, I, I want, I was kind of, I was that proud, but just like, you know, it's hard to look back. We all have the same kind of stories you remember from your own life of, of I was like, I want to dig a little deeper and remember what growing up Star Wars was for me. And uh, so we'll see. But anyways, enough about uh, my journey. This is a, a journey looking to the future in Star Wars. We are ranking, as the title would say, the actors we want to see in Star Wars. Now, Joseph, uh, you, you had pitched this one here. What I love about this list is this is very much of the time. We could have done this in 2014, 2015, and then the list would have been different, and maybe the list would have come true. And I think we could do this next year after a, a new casts uh, are unveiled for shows, and uh, we look to more movies and shows down the line. So I love this is a little Star Wars time capsule episode, sir. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and some of my my actors have been in the time capsule for a long time, but yeah, you're right. Some of them would not have been here in, in 2014, and I'm sure there'll be uh, new ones in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And in the list, um, this is normally we, we we share our list with each other. So this is one of the kind of an old school Star Wars rank. Back in the beginning, it was a little bit more of a surprise. So we'll see if there's um, any uh, any overlap. And I think it's if, if there is, let's just roll with it because this will be kind of fun uh, to see where our minds go. And one of the things I think I think and not knowing your list yet, I I I got to say my list. A lot of times, and you know, you know, Joseph and I have been around this uh, this movie punditry world for a bit now. And a lot of times, you come on shows and you're asked, um, "What director do you want in a Star Wars, or what actor?" And, and sometimes the tendency is to go to something new, something fresh, a name you haven't heard, or someone, and, and which is something I really champion, and I know, I know you do too, Joseph. My instincts in this putting this list together, I think perhaps inspired by Mandalorian, particularly season two, is I started looking at older actors. And wanting to see them bring in their experience and, and wisdom and just uh, who they are to Star Wars, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, spoiler, I did that too. Uh, I think that's part of just a product also of just having long-term been fans of other things. And you want to yeah. see those people kind of swing into Star Wars. I did try to, in my list and in runner-ups, pick a, a few people who are maybe, uh, you know, a little younger, a little emerging. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... The thing I was really thinking about when I was putting this list together is that uh, maybe my my actual number one that I didn't want to list is my number one because it's boring <laughs> is totally unknown actors. Right. Um, yes. 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 The fun of doing a ranking like this is to have actors that maybe people super know or maybe people they've vaguely heard of or one or two that you, you haven't heard mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, but I think it is really important to reconnect to that like. It it's also great. Uh, I would be thrilled if it was like, yeah, Rogue Squadron, Patty Jenkins. There's one super well known actor, and mm-hmm. four people that uh, she saw at a theater, <laughs> yeah. you know, or have been on one soap opera, and you've never heard of them, but they're amazing, you know. Yeah. All right, there with you on that. There, uh, you know, the the discoveries. I mean, think back. Remember when when Daisy Ridley was cast, and there was like one headshot <laughs> going around because it's like all you could find of her. Yeah, it's like. 20-year-old in London Daisy or whatever it was. It was great, yeah. Yeah, totally unknown or really early in their career. And and Star Wars is a thing that's, like, huge for them. I I definitely uh, want that as well. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I'm going to – we always kind of do – Hall of Fame inductions and and this that. this i got to cheat a little bit if you allow me here, Joseph. Please. And putting together a list of actors we want to see in Star Wars. It would be very hard for me and and probably – it just be very hard for me, not to mention my own girlfriend, my partner, 
uh, Heather Grace Hancock, a wonderful actor. Uh, you, some of you might have, some of you might know her from like Schmodown and things like that, but, but she's been working for years and was on uh, Wicked City on ABC, a lot of stuff. Cause she's start, starring in a, a horror movie coming out soon that I saw on is just spectacular. Um, and is a big Star Wars fan, particularly really wants to hold a lightsaber with a red blade at some point in her life. <laughs> and I would be remiss if I didn't say I would love to see a, a, um, a witchy redheaded uh, villain in Star Wars. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it. So that's all. I'm saying. Uh, all right. So uh, Heather Grace Hancock in The Night Sister. I'm I'm totally down with that. Totally down with that. Uh, you know what? And I'll throw out there uh, yeah. that when they eventually make the Lolilu Primock Disney Plus series, that's just all about uh, this great uh, old school entertainer thespian upside down frog in a jar. Uh, that I would like to cast uh, my wife uh, Sarah Very Scrimshaw. Good as a, a dancer and backup singer. Uh, Sarah Sweet. is an amazing dancer, and I would love to see her dancing in the galaxy far, far away. This is awesome, and this is uh, just. And uh, <laughs> now, um, I, you know, I, I've never been a giant fan of fan fiction films, but now, you know, maybe we got to do it. But no, I want to, I want them both in the real, <laughs> real Star Wars, friends. That's okay. right. Real Star Wars. And, and I, sorry, no, I have thought about this, too. You know, um, because of what I do, you know, these podcasts, Game of Thrones and Star Wars and all those kind of things. If um, if Grace was ever up for like one of those roles, I, I got to imagine she couldn't tell me at all. Like I might not know until like it's announced. Like, is they, they, you know, it'd be, it'd be like, you, you know, is your is your partner like a Star Wars podcaster? You no, know, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you can't tell him, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if uh, she were cast for something that had not yet been announced, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we would record uh, on Monday, and then later on Monday that news would come out, and we'd have to record a special episode. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Uh, so anyways, those are our choices. Sarah Scrimshaw, Heather Grace Hancock in Star Wars. And that's the show. No, episode 107. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that uh, That is a great way to start the show. But, Joseph, let's get to the list we compiled here, beginning with your number five. My number five is somebody that I think uh, people who are in general genre fans will know, and it is Denai Guerrera. Uh, she is, uh, of course, extremely well known for being uh, Michonne in The Walking Dead, uh, but also in The Black uh, Panther, the MCU uh, films Okoye. Uh, she is um, she's just a, a phenomenal actor with uh, great intensity. I think she is somebody who comes uh, up in fan casting partially because uh, her character in The Walking Dead, uh, Michonne, is a character whose weapon of choice is a a blade. Uh, that is kind of the uh, the the slightly over the top shtick of the whole Walking Dead world. I like is that the entire world collapses and then it looks like the first thing everybody does is like, "What's my signature weapon going to be? Am I a sword person? A stapler person?" Do I have a, a revolver? Uh, but that's one of the things that really made the character stand out is, you know, the coolness of the blade, um, especially when she first uh, burst onto the scene. So I think people can really see her as a blade wielder. And that is definitely a part of it for me. If you can just uh, she has the skills, you can picture uh, this phenomenal performer uh, swinging that blade. Um, but she's just got... Uh, on on Walking Dead and and in the MCU, but you know Walking Dead in particular because we've got to spend more time with her there. Uh, she has this mix of great great intensity. Like, yes. uh, you know, if she were playing a Jedi who told you this is the way it's going to be, 
<laughs> that is the way it is going to be. Uh, but such a great actor that everything, none of it ever comes off as like, I'm a badass because that's cool. It's all so clearly stemming uh, from pain, from love, uh, from fear. You know, she can portray uh, the badass where everything is flowing from real, true human emotion really well. Um, and another thing about her is that uh, she is a playwright, uh, mm-hmm. had a ton of stuff uh, produced and, uh, you know, had a lot of stuff uh, that she herself is in, uh, but has also, of course, uh, just uh, created other works that other people have been in. And uh, this is my bias since I am both a writer performer type. I'm always really intrigued to see what an actor is going to bring when they are also somebody who is really used to breaking down those questions of asking, uh, why are we telling this story? What Mm -hmm. is the shape of this story? Not just what is my journey as an actor? What am I playing in this scene? But how is that uh, helping everybody, all the other characters' journeys in this scene? Uh, I always have a little bit of a bias that I am really interested to see uh, writers uh, who are also actors, performers, get to take on complex roles because I think they uh, approach them with a little bit of that writing machinery in their brain as well. This is a this is a wonderful choice, and uh, you're so right. The 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 intensity that is that is, I don't want to say the still waters running deep, but just like any that's my that's my memory. When you say her name, that's what I think of. Just this quiet, strong intensity, and that the brings to the characters. And this, I, I it's so funny. This is a weird story. I. Comic-Con, I think 2014, I was at a press breakfast covering it with the schmoes for The Walking Dead. Now, I don't watch The Walking Dead. Nothing, no comment on the show or anything for me. I just, I just, I, zombies, I, I, I don't know. I get scared easily. I don't watch them. So we're at a table. It was a breakfast. And like you're at, you're at the table as press, whatever that is, uh, uh, <laughs> with <laughs> cast members. And there was, what's in the David Naughton, who was like the governor. This was like yeah. when he was the villain on the show and he's there and he and, and Force Awakens, you know, we don't know. We knew a new Star Wars was coming and he's just holding court and telling stories. I was sitting next to her <laughs> and I felt so bad. And she she could just she just was having her, poking at her eggs and fruit <laughs> on a plate. And I just I remember we were both I didn't know what to do. And I think she kind of was like, why am I here? I don't know what to do. <laughs> and she had moment where I just was like, hey, hi, how are you doing? She's like. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. And that was like a conversation. I want to go back to that and just be like, what do you think about Star Wars? What do you think about Because she she just since then has just blown up to be this this powerful performer that she always was, clearly. But you get that shot and you see it. And, and I go back to that moment. So I'm so glad you brought her up because that's this is the name that, you know, whether she was like a Santa Staros type of character or someone completely new, I think she could just bring some levels to that kind of performance. Yeah, absolutely. I think she is. Some of these, uh, the people on my list, I have like, I don't know exactly what they do. I'll, I'll kind of bumble through and figure it out, but it'd be cool to see them bring their their different energy to Star Wars. She is one of those people who just feels like uh, she would be so good at being a Jedi in particular, a Jedi in turmoil, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think I've mentioned on the on the show before, like I've got like some notes written down of just like this, this kind of movie story idea that is uh, a Jedi in trouble. And when I imagine the story, it's always uh, Denai Guerrera that I see in the role. Ooh, it's great. Can we get a go picture on that? I'm looking at Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, can we get a go picture? I would love a go picture uh, on that. But I also just love it is my own little Star Wars fan fiction bouncing around in my head. Mm. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah, that's my number five. Great start to the list here. My number five. All right. 
in my proper list here, there might be some runner-ups and honorable mentions. Um, in my proper list, I work very hard to limit myself to one Game of Thrones actor. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love that series. I love Song of Ice and Fire. I love Game of Thrones. I really it's it's not just a TV show to me. It is another world that I love to to roll around with and analyze and think about. And and I'm moved by so many of the performances. Um so in that vein, uh, there's I could literally choose 50 names. And and oddly enough, many of them, because of the same casting office, Nina Gold, I believe, they show up all through the sequel trilogies and, and their other Star Wars movies and TV shows. Um, uh, you know, uh, Captain Kennedy, Mark Lewis Jones comes to mind also. Um, I want Charles Dance, mm. uh, um, known to so many now as Tywin Lannister, but just a, an actor who's been around. There's so many things and, and brings talk about intensity it's a name when you talk about Game of Thrones actors in Star Wars, his is a name that comes up because just I think the imposing nature of of Tywin Lannister. And I, I don't want to just typecast, but I, I think something like that in Star Wars would work. Is is, is he a dark side user or some kind of I, I don't know. I, I almost want him as some sort of leader, some sort of politician and how ominous that could be. But also what he brings to it and, and, and maybe causes you to dig deeper or question or, you know, that's, that's, to me, sometimes time and Lannister is, is, is a bad villain, so to speak in the star Wars or in the game of Thrones world. But there's some, especially in season two, you see some other sides and, and you start to, what is, what is it about him in there? You know, but then you see his flaws and his flaws are what brings him down. I would love that in some sort of not Palpatine like where it doesn't need to be connected to the, 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 the dark side at the core of it all, but just like an actual politician leader uh, and the layers that he could bring to that and the intensity uh, that word again, um, I, I just would love to see him play around in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I think there is a, a lot of reasons that he is a a big fan cast uh, for mm-hmm. Star Wars. I yeah. think there's just those like direct connections, uh, almost just like uh, to Tarkin and Dooku in that he's got this like, I am a uh, proper, you know, man of culture who speaks mm-hmm. with uh, precision. Uh, but it, and it really just feels like he is has like the like uh uh peter cushing and christopher lee that energy where he knows every correct thing about society but will also murder you like that he yeah. will correct you about the salad fork and he will also put it in your eye if you cross it right <laughs> absolutely no one wants a fork in the eye but yeah yeah absolutely uh again something in star wars about that uh um uh, yeah I, I, it's palpatine like i keep going back to that but uh just where it's 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 a little more confusing in terms of what, what you're rooting for. Yeah, and I think that's just a mark of a great actor who you can disagree with every choice you make, and you kind of despise them when you see them through mm-hmm. other characters' eyes. But they themselves are so compelling and human that you you want to understand like why are yeah. you so awful? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm never overtly rooting for the character of Tywin. I, I want to make that clear, but it's just like in that world and in that society, there's things he's doing that you would consider uh, how to win. And it's like, do you want to win? And what, co- all those kind of wonderful things. And, and he brings it. And he's such a, if you've seen interviews, he, he's, he's, he's not Tywin, but it's also hard to separate him from it. And so uh, I just, uh, similar to, uh, you know, Stephen Delane, Santa's Baratheon, those type of performers. So I, I would love to see him roaming around, maybe a, a lightsaber uh, or, or two around him, but he doesn't necessarily have to have one. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also, you know, his story does really have some uh, very strong connections to Star Wars to me mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. he is so concerned about legacy and yeah. the, the fear of 
he is entirely motivated by the fear of loss and greed, right? And yeah. that point of like just being incredibly destructive to his own uh, legacy because he's so afraid of losing it. It, it. I think the fact that that role carries such Star Wars themes also mm-hmm. makes it really easy to imagine him in the galaxy far, far away. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, again, literally 50 names from that show could be in the spot. <laughs> I wanted to re- work hard to limit myself to one, and I went with Charles and Dance. All right. That is my number five. Sir, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is uh, this one was a tough one. Uh, it was a hard uh, decision for me, but this was one of those just uh, gut check. This is uh, truly, truly what you want. And it is Timothy Dalton. Um, yeah. This whole list, you you know, you and I made uh, such a meal out of the fact that that initial casting uh, announcement for season one of Mandalorian was just like a collection <laughs> of yeah. grizzled weirdos. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it would be so easy to make this uh, all Charles dances and Timothy Dalton's, and <laughs> I yeah. tried to contain myself uh, uh, from that, but. Man, uh, I have a great childhood fondness for him. Uh, he was my uh, first James Bond in the movie theaters. Um, he, I had read at kind of a shockingly young age <laughs> all of the actual Ian Fleming James Bond uh, novels. Uh, and there were parts I understood and other parts about exactly what kind of uh, steak he was eating that I did not understand at all as a child. Mm. Uh, but when Timothy Dalton was coming in... Um, uh, it into living daylights mm-hmm. uh i was super excited for it i bought the star log magazine that was celebrating the 10th anniversary of star wars and also had a huge article about the living daylights uh and it has this great interview with timothy dalton about how they are taking bond a little bit back to his ian fleming uh, roots, including that he was going to be a serial monogamist you know in the books mm-hmm. james bond has a, a relationship her book pretty much and yeah. then they fall apart uh i didn't understand how to uh pronounce uh monogamist uh so i thought it was pronounced monogamist i kept telling people james bond's gonna be monogamist in the living daylights um so anyway love yeah. loved him as is uh as bond uh mm-hmm. he's got this he can have warmth and humor but he has this like can have this deadly seriousness mm-hmm. to him while also just uh, exuding charm uh he's played a a villainous time lord uh on doctor who um i'm spacing the name of that the great uh uh fantasy show that he was on um i it will come back to it um but yeah so he he pops up here and there in great roles this great mix of kind of a scary and serious mm-hmm. and uh also with just this, like, there's always this little bit of charm and sparkle in his eyes. Doom Patrol he's been on recently, and he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, just Timothy Dalton just has an undeniable charm and edge to him that I could see him as an elder cranky Jedi. I could see him yeah. as a Sith. I could see him as just a leader of a planet. I could see him as, like, an aging uh, scoundrel. Like, he's, he could stretch in lots of different ways. Yeah, you know, you know what's... Uh, I, I, I... Such a fan of this choice here because, uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up too looking at, uh, he gets, he, he, the Bond stuff just not fair to him, right? He, he's, there was at some point where it was like he was overlooked, I think. And, and I think he, I, I hear a lot of conversations of people kind of rediscovering his take on Bond. And I think that's wonderful. And I think a lot of that to me, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, came out of uh, 2007's Hot Fuzz when he kind of reemerged a little bit more in the pop culture landscape. And he obviously been working for years and never that he went away. But like suddenly you saw him in a different light and it's like, holy, that, that's T- T- Timothy Dalton, man. And I love Hot Fuzz so much, but I love him in it because I could see him being like the ally you got to go to, but you don't trust. And there's good reason to uh, run in a casino in Star Wars or run in something like that where you're oh. swarmy. But also you need him in this moment and do you trust him? Can you? And him just kind of being a, a, a proprietor of, uh, of, uh, of sin in Star Wars at a, at, a, at a casino or something like that. Yes. You know, that is you're, you're really putting uh, uh, your finger on this particular energy that he's had in a bunch of roles that he plays really well. Uh, Hot Fuzz. I absolutely love. I got too distracted by talking about James Bond to bring it up. Probably one of my uh, top 10 movies, you know, mm-hmm. definitely top 10 comedies. I think it's a, a yeah. perfect comedy. And he does such a great job of taking what we know about him of like intense, you know, gentle English gentleman. Uh, but what's behind the sparkle in that eye? So is that smile sincere and absolutely uses it for a uh, great comedy and hot fuzz. But then uh, the other show I was trying to remember, uh, Penny Dreadful. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he he's, a you know, a, an older man who's lost a lot, who's, you know, getting up there, but still out there in the mm-hmm. fight against darkness. But there's also like definitely some issues of can you trust him or not? Um, the first mm-hmm. season of Doom Patrol is a lot of this charming, apparently kind, brilliant man. But can we trust him? He often plays. Can we trust him? Even in the Bond movies, one of the reasons that I like those Bond movies more is they've got some silly gadgets. They've got some of the just kind of classic James Bond stuff. Uh, but he he plays Bond as a spy, not an action hero. Mm-hmm. Um, License to Kill in particular, that's one that people are really divided on. And it's got some like really bold, silly stuff of like, you know, exploding toothpaste uh, and right, stuff right. like that. But that is an espionage film where he literally goes undercover and spends a bunch of time lying, which Bond doesn't normally do. Normally he gets sent undercover and is immediately like to the villain, like, hey, I think you're an asshole. And then, it, you know, he doesn't normally spy well in a lot of License to Kill is actual espionage mm-hmm. with this question of, can we trust Bond? Can we believe Bond? And yeah, it's just, I would love to see Timothy Dalton in Star Wars in a, can we trust him role? Ooh, yeah. All right. Uh, you know, when you start to, it's gets me, it's so funny. It just gets me excited. It takes me back to like 2013, 2014, following the sale of Lucasfilm 2012. This was kind of a lot of the conversations on podcasts and even on Schmoes, we did this a lot. We even had a big fantasy draft of actors we'd love to see in episode seven. And this kind of, it just gets you excited uh, for possibilities. We always love to temper our excitement uh, with uh, realism and, and, and temper our expectations. Doesn't mean we want to take away joy. And uh, this has uh, been a fun conversation. So Timothy Dalton, that's a great entry, sir. Excellent. Excellent. I can't wait to see Charles Dance and uh, Timothy Dalton together. <laughs> together again in Star Wars. Uh, my number four is, uh, again, keep with this theme of, of, of I love the, the new actors coming up. I love, uh, you know, getting new voices, new, new faces. I love it. And I think that's key to Star Wars. It's what George wanted to do, like you, you were touching upon, Joseph. But I also want to see uh, performers that over the years have just um, I've connected with on different times, different levels, different movies. And uh, my number four is Lucy Liu. Ooh, I am a uh, I'm a fan of Kill Bill Volume One. Two, yeah, I'm good with two too. But I, I I just really do. I am I am a Kill Bill Volume One fan uh, for what it is. Uh, better or worse, I guess. And and um, I can hear a thousand people screaming at you. They're all one movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is correct. <laughs> so I, I apologize. Um, 
This is why I'm not on movie talk shows as much anymore. No, um, I, I, I mean that jokingly. I think they are both uh, one, one story and two separate films. Yes, absolutely. Uh, same album, different songs. Um, I, uh, I love her as Oren Ishii, and I, I think um, it doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, you know, warrior with sword that she needs to do. Uh, it's, we always, we never want to, we're, we're, we're looking at specific roles, even Timothy Dalton Hot Fuzz, and, and you just kind of bring what they get, uh, bringing out what they could, could do. And, I, and, and her, I was initially familiar with her on like TV work, uh, that kind of stuff. And then when, when that movie came out, it just was a different energy, a different level and a different kind of threat. You know, she was, she was not this giant demonstrative person, but you feared her every second. You feared the tension of what she could do. And, and I loved the power that um, was around her and that was uh, coming from her in that movie. And uh, if we're going to different eras of star Wars, especially in the, in the Pat old Republic or high Republic, we're starting to look that, that direction. She's someone to me that has, could bring some kind of uh, bring a, a, a power to an older tale in star Wars. If you know what I mean, like looking to the past and, 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 and um, I, I just building off of that performance and, and just what she can bring. I, I just think it, I, I, it's, it would be a really interesting, something we hadn't seen before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is this power for, um, for older actors, uh, you know, not that she is, you know, ancient by any means, no, but no, like, yeah. you know, she's not 25, um, yeah. that can bring to these kind of roles that really quiet strength of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, whatever problem we're going through, I have been through something similar before and I maybe know something, you know, the youthful kids who are doing lots of flips don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. I love what you touch upon there of just like, yeah, yeah, I got it. You got all the fancy weapons and you're flipping around. Let me show you how to do it. Yeah, but whether it's like verbal or literally physically with a blade or a weapon, it's like you do all your flips and I know the one strike I need to make. Yeah. 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 That's exactly the energy I want. And that's and that to me is, uh, you know, I'm looking at... Um, long list of, of credits here as we talk but again I, I do keep going to Kill Bill of just of, of everything I remember watching that movie it's just it's like it, it was um, such a great power you talk about the quiet strength uh, I love that there so no, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm with you on that casting choice and on Kill Bill I, I enjoy Kill Bill but uh, that that first uh, movie in particular that I remember just like that true deep fear of like yeah mm-hmm. um, Uma Thurman's not you know the bride's not getting through this one <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely and uh and i should i my my first um she was in charlie's angels a lot of stuff there I, my but my first real real just weekly exposure to her was ally mcbeal i used to i used to watch ally mcbeal weekly and uh and she was on there for uh several seasons and uh did yeah so 72 episodes says yes. wikipedia that's yes. a that's a lot of ally mcbeal that is, that is. So that is uh, my number four, Lucy Liu in Star Wars. Uh, sir, we are now up to your number three, right? Yep. Did I count? Yeah, 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 we can I'm count. Having, I'm having so much fun just with our discussions. Uh, uh, I've, I've lost track of numbers, but you're number three. <laughs> my number three, uh, this is, you know, it's hard also with the, uh, like you were saying with the Game of Thrones, uh, to not make this just a conversation of, who from the MCU should jump over and do Star Wars who hasn't already, right? Yeah. Um, so my one pick from, uh, I think it's the only one pick, yeah, uh, from MCU is Haley Atwell. Uh, Haley Atwell oh, yeah. plays Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think she she comes up in my list of you know almost anything about any actor <laughs> of yeah. what actor do you want to see because I think that she has this just utterly great mix uh, of qualities. Uh, I don't know. I think you and I are both going a lot to that sort of um, that strength, um, mm-hmm. that sort of uh, quiet, uh, composed strength um, that she absolutely does have. That uh, is Peggy Carter. Uh, but she I think she's really great uh, with her comedy uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of the Peggy Carter moments. Because uh, so, you know, not only is she in the uh, Captain America films, you know, particularly the first Avenger, uh, but there's there was a two season Peggy Carter show. Um, mm-hmm. that she's really great in and much like uh you know we're getting now with uh with WandaVision or um you know with Mandalorian the Peggy Carter's show uh was able to have a lot more nuance and a lot more quiet moments and we got to see Peggy Carter you know in the in Captain America the First Avenger she is she's got you know a legitimate high level position in the allied forces and and you know she's the boss um and then the story of those the peggy carter uh tv show is the war is over and that sort of special like yeah well you know thing social things kind of shifted during the war well Mm -hmm. let's go back to basics you're still an agent but you're also you know a woman in the 40s and Mm -hmm. you know she got to act all of that of like I have these skills. I have these knowledge. I have experienced things that a bunch of my fellow agents have not, but I need Mm -hmm. to fight for, you know, to be respected and to actually get the job done and like save people's lives while also not being told to, you know, stay in the office and do the paperwork. Uh, And she Mm -hmm. played all that stuff. The, um, the anger of that, uh, the pain Mm -hmm. of that, just the technical sort of, frustration the how do i do an end run around systems that don't want that want to stop me from using my abilities to help people how do i do an end run around those it, it was such a multifaceted performance that it made me uh just think so highly of her uh, in the big picture uh and then she doesn't get to do a ton but she's also in uh christopher robin uh it is a team up uh she is married to uh ewan mcgregor so it is mm-hmm. a <laughs> Peggy Agent Peggy Carter is uh, married to Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, frustrated with them for spending too much time at work with Seal Bibble. <laughs> Oliver Ford Davies, there you go. Another <laughs> Game of Thrones actor as well. So it's all yes, good. yes. So yeah, she is high up on my list of uh, of actors I would love to see in Star mm. Wars. That's a great choice. Great choice. Uh, man, I love doing this. I, I, I got to tell you something, man. Uh, this is maybe an off-air con- I, I I was expecting always a great conversation, but I, I am uh, finding myself even more excited for our choices here than, than I even thought uh, before press and record. Folks, we can, uh, we've been doing this for so long, even we surprise ourselves sometimes. All right? All right? Yeah. Um, all right. My number three is this. I am going back to someone who absolutely captivated me in 1989 and no matter what he has done since, and he's done a lot of varied roles, uh, been uh, acknowledged as a a great performer and has a a lot of fans and different genres. But in 1989, he, he, he moved me. He shook my core and that is Andre Brower. Now, Mm. Andre Brower, a lot of people I know uh, was Brooklyn nine, nine is that captain Holt and, uh, men of a certain age that show for a while. He's done a lot of things, done a lot of things, man. He's been working, uh, since, uh, 1989, which by the way, doesn't mean that's when he started, <laughs> but <laughs> he, he first appears in 
a bunch of Kojak TV movies as Detective Winston Blake. Now, that is not where he pulled me in, but it's so you look at his credits. He's just that's what he's doing. But sandwiched in between these uh, Telly Savalas Kojak TV movies is his performance as Corporal Thomas Sears in Glory. And Glory is one of my favorite movies. And I watched in junior high. My, my history teacher in, in, in uh, eighth grade was a Civil War reenactor. And so he's he spent most of the year, probably even outside of the curriculum, <laughs> just we studied the Civil War um, and all of and all of the everything about it as, as best you could at the time. And, and so in glory, this this movie about uh, the, the horrors of war and why we're fighting and Denzel Washington and all the, you know, um, accolades he received for that Morgan Freeman's in there. And I love Matthew Broderick in that role. But Andre Brower brought this thing of, of where, I, where I connected to. He wanted to join the cause. He felt he needed to. He felt he wanted to. Um, but it was it was horrific and it was scary and it was tough. And he cried and he broke down and and he showed some vulnerability, but also, you know, he had to step up and it was just it was so powerful. And it kind of shook me as a, as a young kid going, you know, I don't know. You know, my, my, my father and uncle were in the Navy. I, I never ended up going to the military, but you don't know. It's like if there's a war, am I going to have to fight and would I want to fight and would, would I be afraid and. Would I be tough and would I be all of it? And I just was always moved and moved by his performance. And no matter what he went on to do, I, every time I'd see him, I'd smile, be like, oh, yeah, Andre Brower from Glory. I've never forgotten that performance. So I would love to see that in Star Wars because to me, a lot of that lines up. Uh, you and I have been diving into the Clone Wars and why we fight and your connections and, and the doubts and all those things. Um, if, if he's part of the rebellion or some other big fight, I could see him bringing that multi-layered conversation to the war in Star Wars. And I think it'll be done with, with the grace and, and power he, he, he's exhibited in every role. Oh, wow. That is great. Um, uh, yeah, I am not as familiar with his work. I think in high school, I think we watched the first half of Glory, mm-hmm. but it was really just one of the teachers who kind of didn't want to teach going like, uh, here's the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> and those um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure how much I got uh, out of that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm not super familiar with Glory. I think I've probably seen it in its uh, its entirety, but uh, that's the one I got to mm-hmm. check out. Um, I also have not watched uh, like a ton of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've caught a little bit here and there. Same. Uh, but just honestly, like when there's just like a clip on social media or a commercial, he's always so damn funny and in, mm-hmm. a, in a great plays that um, can play that sort of like I am... I am an official. I'm an in charge. I'm in charge. And then, you know, subvert that energy in a great way. And for me, it's, that's always a super bonus when a, an actor is, uh, really, uh, understands comedy, but also kind of understands how to take their own sort of, uh, stature, their own sort of energy and convert that to comedy. Mm. Yeah. I, I, despite being um, a fan of a lot of people on that show and a lot of people I know and love and trust, uh, always recommended me Brooklyn nine, nine. I just, I don't watch uh, a lot of TV as much as I used to. And, and even though the show was on for a very long time or kind of still going, got some second life. Right. Uh, but again, I'd see clips and I'd see him and I uh, love what he, what he brings. And you're right. Having a little, uh, the ability to, 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 to skate on the ice of comedy and, and, and drama is, uh, is, is a great thing to have in star Wars because yeah. that's what you forget. It's not all dark and gritty. <laughs> No, I mean, think of how much like, yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford is, a, you know, a renowned actor, but he's got comedy chops. And that's, you know, a huge part of what, you know, makes Han Solo as charming as he is. I mean, yep. the talk about uh, comedy, Carrie Fisher, like it's important, uh, you know, 
to to yeah. ha- be able to deftly pivot uh from great drama and comedy you know actually it, mark hamill in last jedi it's one of the things that makes his performance so amazing the way mm-hmm. he can absolutely land a joke in the middle of a really important scene that whole you know uh where are you from uh, okay jaku that is nowhere anyway like he lands the joke and gets back into it you, you know it's a yeah. valuable skill in star wars in particular hey everyone I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I love it. It's uh, dancing on it indeed. Great stuff uh, on that Hamill pool. Uh, so that is my number three, Andre Brower. What, what is your number two, sir? My number two is one of the uh, actors who is a little bit newer to the scene compared to uh, to some of the people that you and I first encountered in the late 80s. (laughs) Uh, And I I know she's done uh, multiple things, but I really only know her from uh, a specific role on the good old CW, and that is Tala Ash. Um, Mm -hmm. Tala Ash is on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is a spin-off of you know what is called on CW the Arrowverse uh, started uh, with the television show Arrow based on Green Arrow when I think they were still <laughs> they're still trying to ride that line of like okay CW is generally a younger uh, very attractive people uh, yeah. running yeah. around and doing things right well that kind of works with superheroes but we're not sure if people will really lean into the superhero thing so we're not even going to call it Green Arrow we're just going to call it Arrow mm-hmm. and 
when it started, I got so annoyed with that as a, you know, genre fan of like, you don't even have the spine to call it green arrow. You think people are going to laugh at a color. So you're going to call it arrow. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I had other fans tell me like, it's actually really great. And, uh, love that show. So we had been following, um, uh, many of the spinoffs legends of tomorrow has kind of, uh, it's a time travel spinoff of arrow. Mm-hmm. And it has really uh, carved out its own space by just leaning into its bonkers. Uh, they're really not afraid of of big comedy. Um, one of their running villains is a just giant uh, stuffed toy uh, that keeps getting possessed <laughs> right. in different ways. And it's basically a cute, cuddly, giant uh, kaiju. Um, so in, in one of the seasons, uh, once the show had been up and running for a while, there's just this one episode uh, in... There is what at the time I wasn't plugged in enough to know that she'd been cast mm-hmm. as a new character. And there was what I thought was a character of the week. And I was like, it sucks that this is just a character of the week because this actor is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, I think, similar to things that I'm that I've been saying before, what's uh, amazing about her. Uh, but then by the end of the episode, I was like, oh, good. She's joining the cast. It was like that kind of thing of like I stood up, you know, and noticed how different this actor was uh and it is that mix of being able to absolutely play drama uh absolutely do comedy um but i think it's something that's super important to star wars what why why tala ash comes to mind in particular is there's just this huge spark of uh humanity from her which is to say that um in heightened things like superheroes or Star Wars, to me, it's extra valuable when somebody can really, really not just make you feel uh, that that all of the science fiction fantasy stuff is believable, mm-hmm. but they really feel like a human. And you feel like with her character on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Zari, you feel like you could have the exact same kind of relatable conversation with her uh, about if you prefer coffee or tea in the morning, as you have about her wind totem, you know, and her resurrected brother, like there's an equal amount of like uh, humanity, regardless of the science fiction nature of it. And she's just got that spark uh, that just makes the character kind of jump off the screen and feel like a person that you would meet uh, in real life. That's great. See, you know, you're less familiar with the work of Andre Brower. I, I am less familiar with the uh, work of uh, Tyler Ash, and, and you're you got me sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I I think uh, she would be a great addition to the Star Wars verse. And as I, I wanted to pick some actors also who are you know a little bit younger, and I think people who know her uh, from. Uh, she was on as the world turns for 26 episodes, which isn't much for a soap opera. Yeah. Right. Uh, then lots of little things. Uh, she was on Smash for a few episodes. So she'd be the kind of person that for a lot of people, if they knew Legends of Tomorrow, if they're big CW uh, Arrowverse fans, they'd be like, oh, Zari is in Star Wars. Uh, yeah. But for a lot of people, it would be this introduction to this phenomenal actor. Oh, yeah, that is great. That is great. Uh, man, good. Good number two, sir. Well, well put. And I don't know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not making a statement with my list, but I just definitely, I just, I kept going older because I just, I just, uh, again, look at, I look at Manda season two and a lot of, uh, performers of all ages, but I like, uh, you and I love our grizzled weirdos, but I just love, 
seen some seasoned faces on the on my TV screen in my Star Wars. It was really seasoned faces is such a nicer way to say it. <laughs> That's what I have to say every morning in the mirror, sir. <laughs> um, that's sad. So uh, here's my number two. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, a same type of thing here, but uh, one of my favorites, one of my all time favorites. If you've heard me on Schmoes, if you heard me anywhere, everyone knows uh, this is uh, one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, first introduced to her in the uh, late 80s, actually, more specifically, the, the early uh, 90s with Last Mohicans, Unlawful Entry, all a uh, blink, all these movies. I am a giant Madeline Stowe fan. All right. And Madeline Stowe kind of got a little bit of a, a, a pop culture rebirth with Revenge. Remember Revenge and on TV in 2011 and 2015? Oh, yeah. She was in there as Victoria Grayson. And I, I just always have, have loved what she brings. And and Last Mohican is one of my favorite movies. And, and her uh, take as, as Cora Monroe is just uh, just it's always uh, just been so intriguing and powerful and and I think, you know, uh, uh, some sort of, um, I don't say Mon Mothma-like, but some sort of um, uh, leader in Star Wars was so much on her shoulders. And, uh, you know, uh, revenge, you may, you could have a little devious side too, or, a little, you know, maybe you can't trust her as well. But I just loved, would love to see her as kind of a, 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 an elder stateswoman of, 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 uh, of importance in Star Wars, uh, no matter the era, no matter what's there. I just could see her bringing a lot of um, empathy and compassion to to a leadership role where, unlike, say, Charles Dance, there's a little brutal side to him where she's got that side because, again, almost like Leia, just the, the weight of so much on her uh, shoulders and the big decisions and what they mean and analyze them. I just I, I would love that. I'm such a fan. It, it, it is just always she's always been one of my favorite performers. And uh, so uh, Madeline Stowe is my number two choice here on the list today. That is great. She is one of those people that uh, when I when I see her on the old television, I'm like, oh, yes, her. Like, Because I don't have a specific relationship with any specific uh, movie, but somebody who's been around uh, for so long that I have clearly seen her in things. I see she was yeah. in The Two Jakes. Yes. Uh, I have not seen that in years, but uh, I, here, here's my controversial take. I don't think it was as good as Chinatown. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then just scrolling through, like, I have probably been seeing this actor for large chunks of my life. She was on The Amazing Spider-Man, Little House on the Prairie, Trapper John, M.D. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about MASH before. So, uh, yeah, I love what you're saying about um, what a performer like that who has uh, a ton of lived experience can can bring uh, mm-hmm. to to a role like a, a Mon Mothma or a Leia or a leader who has something on her shoulders. Right. Yeah. And she had this great run from like 91 to to uh, 95. And uh, she married to Brian Ben Ben. A lot of you remember Brian Ben Ben from that HBO uh, show. Uh, what oh God, what was it? Uh, the, uh, the first big. Ch- Why did I just draw a blank on Dream On? Dream On. Mm. Um, but uh, blank. But uh, one of it's a look, it's a bad movie, but I love it. And in high school, I just was all about this movie. It's uh, she played the character of Cody Zamora in Bad Girls, which was this uh, kind of all female led Western uh, movie. Robert Loja, I love Robert. Robert Loja, Mr. President, I want to stand by your side. Um, Robert Loja's in him, uh, and uh, if, if you need that Leia type too, that's uh, yeah, I'm a leader. I've got I've got a lot of my heart, my shoulders, but you put a blaster in my hands, I'm taking you down. Uh, I think that's uh, another example of what she could do. So there you go. 
Good choice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, Ken, stop talking about Madeline stuff. Um, often uh, we like to uh, take breaks and uh, do runners up, but I think we're going to power through with no break here, Joseph. And I think uh, it would be a good time to list our runner up choices. These are actors we want in Star Wars and almost made the list. Uh, and maybe, uh, according to us now, they were just too young. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, do you have any uh, choices? I, I absolutely do. I had put uh, totally unknown actors in my in my runner up, so they're definitely there. Uh, Tatiana Maslany has also been on my list. Uh, she is uh, from uh, Orphan Black, is where a lot of uh, people would know her. Uh, she has it's been in various discussions that she's been up for specific mm-hmm. roles in Rogue One, or I think in Rogue One, other things in Star Wars. Uh, you know, it's some things. I think there's even been oh, she's been cast. No, she hasn't. Yeah, um, right. and we even went through that up and down with She-Hulk, but now confirm she is She-Hulk, which I'm so mm. excited for. Uh, if, if people haven't seen Orphan Black, it is very weird, very different um, science fiction show. Uh, it's it's its own Clone Wars. Uh, the story is that there are clones, and she plays most of them. Um, mm-hmm. And not only is she just like a great actor who absolutely comedy drama action. You know, she is like a uh, not a triple threat, like a I don't know uh 18 threat um but when you see somebody who does that specific acting challenge of believably playing like five different characters in a scene with mm-hmm. herself right there's you know sometimes it is that actors a lot of actors can do that and they don't get the opportunity uh, mm-hmm. but it is it is challenging and to see her do that for five seasons and just entirely like you completely forget that these three clones who are in this scene together are the same actor. And I just want to see that level of skill unleashed on the galaxy. You know, it'd be great. Yeah. You know, they love uh, Star Wars loves twins. Let Tatiana Maslany play both <laughs> twins. That's you're you're uh, you're shaking memories of I think being on on uh, you know movie chat shows before talking about her as if she was cast in Star Wars. Some of the rumors seem to get to that point. You know, I kind of remember that. That's fun. Yeah, right. yeah. So she's a high up one. Uh, th- this is kind of a different one that I threw in there. Uh, Phil Lamar live action, live action. Yeah. Phil Lamar. Oh, Phil, yes. Because uh, he's obviously done a ton of great voice work uh, in the Clone Wars, uh, but I would love—he's—he's he's such a, a great guy. I had such a, a fascinating career from uh, sketch comedy to live action to Pulp Fiction to a huge, huge catalog of work uh, as a voice actor. It would be great to see Philomar in live action. I—I I, kind of mm-hmm. see—not that I wouldn't uh, want him to have a huge role. But I, I really can see him uh, playing a, a frustrated uh, politician type. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I love Phil. Phil Lamar was training at the Groundlings when he was a main company member back uh, at the late 90s, early 2000s. And I can confirm he doesn't need a VO booth to be amazing. You know, he's just so wonderful. He's obviously had a, a wide range of roles all through his career. But that's a great choice, sir. Something fun. Yeah. Um, do you want me to finish my list or do you want to bounce back and forth? I'll, I'll bounce back and forth here. I, I'm going to... Um, Go to so I so if, I I don't know this is uh, this is funny I, I kind of went in the same spot uh, I was going to say a uh, friend of the show uh, Stephen Stanton who voices so many great characters in Star Wars if if your cat if, if Filoni's cast in all these uh, shows there's anything to do with the uh, Mando season three and Ahsoka and everything throw uh, Stephen Stanton great voiceover performer just throw him a role as like an Imperial officer 
you know, Radis and and Mieber Gascon and uh, Obi Wan in the desert, Tarkin, all these roles he's done. He's such a part of it. I would just love uh, a little like, hey, there's Steven Stead in Star Wars live action. So uh, I'm campaigning for that here on the show, I guess. I absolutely uh, support that. So many great uh, roles in video games too. Like mm-hmm. I remember, how uh, did this like a year ago now, where it came up on on Twitter that he was involved in Bioshock, and I was like, well, "You're involved yeah. in everything that is good, Stephen Stan." Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's a swell chap indeed. So that's uh, on my list too as well. And then I think also kind of inspired by like Amy Sedaris in Mandalorian and some of those. Um, Kind of, I don't even want to say quirky, quirkier characters, and just put them in that corner there. But uh, in that vein, I was I was trying to cast someone like that, and I, I went to one of my favorite uh, SNL performers. I, I love Kate McKinnon, oh. and I think she's got could do some different things. But I, I think that kind of character in Star Wars too could work. Uh, not that I always need her to be the kind of quirky weirdo, but I think looking at at, at Pelly and Mandalorian, she could bring that same kind of energy to a performance. Mm, yeah, that's a great, great choice. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do you got on uh, more runarounds? Uh, okay. I got a. I got a couple weird ones. I got two weird ones and and another very strong one. So I'll end with the the strong one. Uh, my weird ones are you know I, I inspired like you of, of Favreau's stated desire to bring people from different worlds and different energies into Star Wars. Right. I figured like we got to throw a musician in there. Let's throw Tom Waits into Star Wars. Oh, thank you, sir. Yes, I almost <laughs> missed a moment. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it would be great to cast him uh, as, a, as a bartender or a scoundrel or a bar fly. But, you know, I think Tom Waits could do a lot of good in the galaxy. Yeah, and we, I know his name came up at Force Center recently, too. And, he, and we talked about the Coen brothers, uh, Ballad, or, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. But again, I, I think I mentioned that. Check out Mystery Men 1999 if you haven't seen it. He's, he's so great in there. He's kind of this weird weapons creator guy. He's yes. Worth- yeah. He's so funny in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, in, uh, in, uh, in the Bram Stoker's Dracula, that isn't really Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, but that's the name of the movie. He is, he's great at eating flies in that. Ah, there you go. <laughs> you could do that in Star Wars too. Uh, this is probably one of my uh, most different choices, but I think it could surprise everyone. Uh, I am a big fan of the show Riverdale, another CW show. And at first I was like, uh, I don't. I don't think that I need to watch uh, the very uh, stereotypically uh, attractive uh, young people all be like, "Hey, it's the it's the old Archie cartoon, but uh, with a lot more <laughs> violence and uh, sex than than I remember from the strips." So at first I was like, "Eh," but uh, the creators, uh, the the main creator, is super inspired by Twin Peaks. Uh, cast one of the. Uh, great actors uh, from Twin Peaks is one of the parents characters. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And it is uh, the reason I like Riverdale. And I think some of our listeners might be like, what the hell? Um, (laughs) Riverdale is something that just absolutely owns what it is. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely absurdly over the top. Uh, One of the the famous plot points is uh, Archie fights a bear at one point. (laughs) And then they just make a joke about it throughout it. Like every once in a while, Archie's just like, remember when I fought that bear? Like it knows what it is. It's shot beautifully. It, 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 it cares about the characters and their emotional truths. But it is also like, let's just really take the gloves off and be weird and have fun. So that's mm-hmm. why I like Riverdale. All of that is to say, uh, the character of Cheryl Blossom is played by Madeline Petch, I believe is uh, how you pronounce uh, her name. I, I feel bad for bringing this up because I think if there were a Star Wars casting call, uh, Grace would probably have to uh, audition. 
<laughs> against this particular oh, uh, actor. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny that you don't know how many times people have even sent pictures of uh, this actor to Grace and going, oh, you look, your new headshots look great. I'm sure she gets it a lot. But yeah, so the, the reason that I put her on my list is, um, yeah, uh, young actor, uh, definitely into the redhead thing. They lean into that in Riverdale. The, the character Cheryl Blossom has a funny joke about how she personally owns the color red. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but the character is the, the she starts out as maybe a stereotype of the mean girl who's going to run the school. But then they immediately start pulling back the layers and you you see like the the trauma um mm-hmm. that has led to this from a super dysfunctional family and this actor is just so great at doing everything from the what you expect on cw of like the amazing uh song and dance routine at the high school musical to just playing really real emotions of trauma uh within this super bizarre super heightened uh mm-hmm. world and i think she's one of those actors that people if it was announced she got cast you know the riverdale stands would be like yeah, yeah and other yeah. people would be like what's she doing here and they would be shocked hmm. because she's a phenomenal actor and i think i i want to see some people who are maybe you know really associated with where they're from get that chance to take a step into something different if yeah. the actor wants to and realize you are not just they are not just the thing they started as right the same way like tom hanks is not bosom buddies guy but when he first started showing up in drama roles people were like bosom buddies guy is gonna do a serious movie right and you know we yeah. gotta give people room to break out of uh the the niches that they're put in i that is a great reference uh because you and i are of that generation where we live that like why splash got that guy <laughs> <laughs> what uh, I always thought, I mean, I, you know, I think it's documented enough, but I, I want to do always want to do a documentary called when Keaton was Batman and just the, the his casting and the what the hell are you doing type of things. It, it, the I rage. Love, yeah, I love that. And, and, and you see it today, like even some like Robert Pattinson or, or, or Kristen Stewart. And just because of the Twilight movies and they're so big and it, it's just like, you know, it, they're looked at in a certain way. And those performers are never looked at differently again, um, you know. It's just not fair. I mean, they're, hey, they're cashing checks, whatever, if you want to look at it that way, too. But also, I love seeing those kind of performers break out, like you said. And so this is a great example of that. Yeah, great reminder always that just because people, as a performer, lean into the something that's a very specific style, it doesn't mean that's the only thing they can do. Um, the final one for me, uh, and, and almost made my my top five, but I needed to juggle things around, and that is Alexander Sadiq. Uh, he has been in many things, including Game of Thrones. Game. He's my he's my Game of Thrones actor. Uh, he's been uh, in 24, popped up in a lot of different things. But my great love of him is because he is Dr. Julian Bashir on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. A big Star Trek fan. Deep Space Nine is my uh, favorite of the shows. My wife and I just finished watching the entire series. He has got... He can do so many things. <laughs> He's yeah. uh, super funny, uh, super charming. It, like he did in Game of Thrones, he can play the, you know... Uh, the the leader with a lot of uh, gravitas in in history, um, but I'd love to see him cast in a role where he gets to maybe that's what you think he is a leader with all this gravitas and all this weight on his shoulder, but he still has all of that uh, sort of a, a spark and charm that young Julian Bashir did. Mm, that's a great choice. Hey, anyone from Game of Thrones works for me. <laughs> um, and yeah, almost uh, yeah yeah, and so uh, so many people. Mm. from the the Dorn side of the story are making their way into Star Wars. 
Yeah, we yeah we did not get a chance to talk about Indira Varma yet. We will upcoming on Force Center if you're listening in order. Uh, so a couple final runner-ups for me. You know, I uh, it's funny you mentioned Game of Thrones, Joseph. I was like, nah, I'm going to cheat and slip one more in. All right. <laughs> Um, and this is uh, Jacob Anderson. A lot of you know him as Grey Worm on Game of Thrones. He's got a, a, an acting career. I think that at one point, because he's he's also a musician, um, and 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 known for that. And I think there was this narrative of just like, oh, they plucked this, uh, uh, you know, this singer uh, to to be in Game of Thrones. He he's got a resume. He's he's been doing it for a bit, and and he's so good as as. Um, Grey Worm and, and a little bit of um, I see a lot of what uh, you know Clone Wars and what the, how they analyze the clones finding their identity in a fight and what he did as an unsullied uh, slave soldier freed and fighting for Daenerys and all the stuff and all the complications and all the pain and all the suffering and all the victories uh, that he brought to the role it is uh, we keep saying intensity intensity quiet intensity uh, uh, and, and, and I, I really love what he did and I never want to overlook Grey Worm as this important character in Game of Thrones to me and I would love to see what he could do with a lightsaber in his hand. You know, you are so right. He he. There's so much about that Grey Worm performance that does remind me of the Clone Wars. Of like, uh, I'm a soldier. I I have analyzed why I'm doing it, and I believe in it. But there's also all this humanity being discovered as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I love just even just the downtime with Natalie Emanuel is another great performer. I could probably toss in there as well. But just like when they're trying to small talk and. Tyrion's, you know, talk, talk, what do you talk about? Patrol. What do you talk about? What do we do on patrol? Like, it's just one of my favorite things. <laughs> Sweetness to the toughness. And I love that there. Final one. Final one for me. Then we're going to move on to more choices. I'm not going to lie to you, Joseph. This is a little pandering, okay? I, I, I okay. follow him in this. Uh, I know he listens to the show, so supports us, uh, and he's great on Superstar. I'm submitting Colton Dunn, who is a great, funny uh, performer in his own right. I'm submitting his name as 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 kind of like a maybe a, a ranger of the new republic type like uh and I don't need him just to be the funny guy in the spaceship but uh you know a good soldier trying to do right on, on the on the new frontier here in the new republic era something like that it can bring some kind of uh, comedy chops which he has in 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 uh in just buckets full uh to to star wars uh and i love that he listens to force center too it is a complete pander job for me I, it's shame <laughs> but i also uh, superstore is um uh, one of grace's favorites it's always on in our house and whether i sit and watch it or not it's always there and so many great performers i'm a, uh, mark mckinney kids in the hall is one of uh, one of my greatest uh, comedy influences there so i love watching the show for that but uh colton dunn is great on that show check it out if you have and uh as as it's a uh, uh, run uh, starts to, to come to an end but uh Man, uh, um, there you go. Colton Dunn in Star Wars. I'm saying that. Oh, I th- not only is that a great choice, I think it is a great placement, right? Because we could have done this whole episode of who do you want and, and what do they what do they play or what show are they on? But yeah, the you I can also absolutely see Colton Dunn uh, flying through uh, the the outer rim uh, with mm-hmm. Carson Teva, right? And and there is that extra comedy kind of needed, I think, from those those soldiers who are kind of. Uh, war weary and like what's going on and we have no support and we got to go do this i think uh i think colton dunn would absolutely uh, uh knock out of the park have the honor of doing a, a storytelling show with him a couple of years back now is it i don't know how time works but anyway a yeah, uh, great guy great actor and i think a great pick ken uh thank you sir so now we are on to our Number one choices here, the actors we want to see in Star Wars right now in 2021. We'll update this list at some other point. Um, Sure, after all these people are cast in Star Wars based on this episode here, of course. Um, uh, I'll go with my number one so Joseph can close the show with his number one. 
Thought long and hard. Thought about what do I want in Star Wars? Do I want to break from my theme of uh, seasoned performers and uh, grizzled weirdos, all the things we kind of love in Star Wars? And nope, I'm going to combine it all into one. And one of uh, my favorite performers, a lot of people love this uh, guy. Uh, and uh, a lot of people have kind of fan cast him as well based on a, a recent Star Wars book character and audio uh, book character. I want Sam Elliott, and I guess I want him as Rail Avros. <laughs> Uh, that is really, really great. Uh, you want it specifically mm. to be lounging around in the sort of, uh, uh, wrinkled Jedi robes, ah. drinking whiskey and, and, uh, meeting the ladies at the bar. Uh, all of it. Or he could be a brand new character as well, uh, as some kind of, uh, uh, new Republic frontiersman as well, or even back in the high Republic era. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm also a big fan of, uh, uh, tombstone can't deny that i just i just love him in that as as, as uh, uh virgil Earp. so uh and, and all through i mean it's so much and and you know and I, it'd be very hard for you no know, the mustache has got to be there too but uh, you know every once in a while he, he takes it off for the role but it's so it's so him and yeah like you couldn't help but think of uh probably a lot of names there's a lot of names with rail avaros but especially when you heard the the voice in in, in the presentation in, in the audio drama you're like is that Sam Elliott? Are they doing Sam Elliott as a Jedi who likes to drink and have sex? Okay, I can get behind this. So I, I think it brings up, but it's Tombstones, particularly the the, the stoic, uh, not just even lawman, but the stoic character, the stoic, uh, the stoic, uh, good-hearted individual who is there and is kind of grumpy and kind of coarse, but there's a there's a a heart that beats underneath it all. That's uh, it's something that's kind of running through a lot of what we're talking about today. And, and Star Wars has that Star Wars has the fun has the zippy, but it also has the, the poignancy and, and, and great purpose. And, and I think it's that kind of a, a world weary character that um, I'm almost thinking of Sam Elliott in, in, as uh, in, in, uh, in the big Lebowski, just kind of, he's more the softer version of it there. Do you have to <laughs> swear so much, dude? Like I, I, I could see him uh, not that I want to be a narrator, but uh, I think it could bring us a, a special specific Sam Elliott energy to star Wars. Uh, yeah, I love what you're saying about uh, a character like Rail Avros uh, that he could play. That it, that are they really own this idea about like it's not the surface stuff that matters; it's the heart that matters, mm-hmm. right? And you can you can hear him almost uh, drawing that. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you feel if it was uh, Rail Avros's uh, story time, <laughs> where he does narrate some some stories he's heard from the edge of the galaxy? Yeah, I could, I could, uh, I could be on, uh, I could be on the, uh, the excitement trail for that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that idea. Uh, let me tell you about the uh, High Republic area loading great stories. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. Yeah. Uh, and do you feel mm-hmm. that uh, that uh, he's got in Star Wars? He's got a big mustache. I, th- I think he has to. I think he has to. Yeah. Again, like I said, he, there's been a couple movies where it's off and uh, it's, it's, um, he's good, good looking man, but it's off putting. It's off putting, you know? And, and it's like, it's so funny because like my uh, beard is now real associated with me, but really that's kind of a new development. I mean, I've always had, I, I love, just, it's weird. And one of my obsessions with the Beatles is also their various facial hair <laughs> concoctions. And I'll be like, oh, that's a, that's a McCartney spring of 1970 beard. Good job. So I've, I've just always had beards and goatees and, but, but, but lately, just because I've got the old man salt and pepper beard, it's like I had to shave it one time. And people are like, who are you? Who are you? So I, I, I don't, I, I need Sam Elliott to have the mustache is what I'm trying to say. I, I, yeah. I need it in Star Wars. 
Yeah, just go all in, right? I mean, in this, I think this is a great number one because I think it is a decent prediction on Mandalorian eventually. <laughs> mm, hmm Yes. He's got to pop up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. maybe Ray Alvarez survived all the way till then. Yeah. I can only hope. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Old man, old man Avros uh, here in Star Wars. All right, that is my number one actor I want in Star Wars right now in 2021. Joseph, that's a bit of fun conversation, but what is your number one? Uh, my number one is, uh, it's definitely a, a, a personal one for me. It's an actor that I want to see a lot more of. It is an actor uh, from, well, you know, some things I love. Uh, this is, of course, uh, the star of... Uh, the layer of the white worm and also in the Christopher Robin movie. And, you know, he was the doctor on Doctor Who, uh, Peter Capaldi. Uh, oh, yeah. By far my number one. Uh, I am a long term uh, fan of Doctor Who. And, you know, I almost put on this list um, any living actor who's played Doctor Who or is currently playing Doctor Who would be uh, great in Star Wars and I would love them. And there's been a lot of that, right, with the constant is Matt Smith in Rise of Skywalker or not right. Uh, right. discussion. And uh, David Tennant has, you know, uh, voiced a character. The 10th Doctor has, you know, voiced Professor Huyang in The Clone Wars. Um, Peter Capaldi, uh, I, I truly believe every, every actor who's ever played the Doctor is a really great actor who's really brought something amazing uh, Peter Capaldi is the 12th Doctor. Uh, for me, it is my favorite Doctor, uh, partially just because how amazing Peter Capaldi is with many of the things that we've said. He can play absolute intensity. He can truly scare the crap out of you. Uh, he is incredibly, incredibly funny. Just an am amazing, sharp wit, that kind of thing where, like, you know, he makes a joke and it is entirely in his delivery like they kind of stopped writing jokes for him because they just realized uh, peter will make it a joke <laughs> yeah uh in yeah. that kind of thing like that was so sharp that like am i actually bleeding it that that comedy that wry uh energy and a little bit of anger is so sharp so he's, he's got that great comedy energy uh but in the role of the 12th doctor what was written for him was a basically a midlife to end of life crisis for the doctor mm. where the doctor is going through this process of really needing to rediscover who he is and mm. if he wants to continue and if he is a good person. So Peter Capaldi played all of these incredibly deep resonant ideas that, that are about being human, but in particular about, uh, getting older and looking back at the entire tapestry of your life. Mm -hmm. And he did all of that while also making jokes, running from Daleks, having sword fight with spoons and like lots of the ridiculous fun stuff that is at the heart of Dr. Who. And for me, there's a lot that brings uh, star Wars and Dr. Who together. Mm. And, and one of them is this marriage of the absurd in the profound where, you know, star Wars is, a, uh, a silly space movie uh, about, uh, you know, space wizards who just keep losing limbs. Uh, but it's also something that that wrestles with the absolute depth of what humanity can be. And that is entirely something that uh, not only can Peter Capaldi do that, but Peter Capaldi should do. This is, I mean, sold, sold. <laughs> Uh, the Star Wars and Doctor Who being at that intersection of absurdity and 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 the profound that, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great tagline just for coming into these two franchises these two worlds. 
Uh, yeah, your passion for anything Doctor Who uh, or Twin Peaks, for that matter, um, is going to sell me. But uh, uh, this isn't just a, 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 a choice that you're throwing against the wall. This is well thought out and this would really work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would love to see him as a, just a, he he could do anything. He could be a politician, a scoundrel. Uh, you know, he could absolutely be a very different kind of Jedi. He did all these great poses. Is the twelfth Doctor in the promotional photo with kind of the hand stretched out in this sort of mm-hmm. mysterious Doctor Who way? But it's, uh, you can see him as a a very different kind of Jedi. Uh, my final thing is like I don't know I don't know what uh, Peter Capaldi thinks about Star Wars, but one of the other things that was incredibly charming about him is Doctor Who, is that uh, he was a lifelong fan. He was at one point in charge of one of the uh, fan societies, and mm. there are like letters of him writing in <laughs> mm. to like to the BBC saying, "I think this is the choice you should have made." Mm. Um, and, you know, his final story features this long term uh, Doctor Who enemy called the Cybermen. Uh, but the the Cybermen change appearance a lot and they uh, appear in a particular way in their very first appearance in the 10th planet, which, by the way, the episode that has Bosk's outfit in it. Ah, uh, yeah. And they are the Cybermen that are originally from Mondas, the planet Mondas, so the 10th planet. So, uh, you know, fans will refer to them as the Mondasian Cybermen. And they're like, it, and he requested that because he's been a fan that long, where he's like, I would like to do an episode with the Mondasian Cybermen. So even if he himself is not a huge Star Wars fan, there's this energy from him that he knows and likes those fan details Mm -hmm. and understands that perspective of, you know, hey, if we're going to have a Rodian, can they, they, they need to be in lime green, like those kind of fan details, you know? Oh, that's great. Yep. That's, that's, just awesome. Sorry. I, no other pretty word. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for letting me enthuse about, uh, about Peter Capaldi. This, uh, such, such a fan of his work. And I would love to see him in the galaxy far, far away. I love it as well. I love any one of these performers to find their way into the star Wars galaxy. This was a fun show. I got to tell you what, uh, you know, behind the curtain stuff, we were like, all right, let's kind of put together a, a, a quick star Wars rank so we can kind of busy weeks for both of us and it's uh, perhaps one of our longest star wars ranks but a, <laughs> a lot of passion for these performers and what they've done for so long uh, lining up with our love for this crazy little space wizard saga so uh, that uh, makes perfect sense we'd have uh, so much fun with this conversation conversation uh we're almost done here but we can uh, let you know where you can follow us you can go to twitter and force center pod we're on instagram youtube as well you can also like our facebook page at force center podcast get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center get an audiobook out on us by going to audibletrial.com slash force center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center uh you can follow me at cadnapsock or go to cadnapsock.com Come for more of my adventures in this galaxy. And for you, Joseph, they can uh, head to a couple spots as well. That's right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all of my comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Do it, my friends. Do it. So for all these seasoned faces we want in Star Wars, that's it for this week. Star Wars has been ranked. (laughs) 